Thank you, John. Well, let me be as blunt as possible this morning. It's time for the church to wake up. We have been lured too often by a false sense of the gospel and a false sense of our calling as Christians. We have been deceived by all that glitters. But as the saying goes, all that glitters is not gold. For as the Apostle Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians, we are ambassadors for Christ. That is our calling. That is who we are. We are ambassadors for Christ. And this calling should be at the forefront of all who call on Jesus as King and Savior, as Lord. Another way to put that is that we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ that make disciples of Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. But our witness as Christians has been so confused and too often corrupted that we need to take a step back in order for us to move forward. Let me give you an example. If you'll put the picture up. For those of you who have been living under a rock or who do not watch the news at all, this is a picture of Brett Kavanaugh and uh, Christine Blase Ford. Kavanaugh was the recent nominee for Supreme Court Justice, and Blase Ford came forward and said that Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted her 36 years ago. Many think that the confirmation, those confirmation hearings were a low point for America. I don't. I think it was a low point for the church. Let me tell you why. Who was lying and who was telling the truth? We don't know. Uh, this is truly a case of he said, she said. From a legal standpoint, hear this, from a legal standpoint, there was no overwhelming evidence either way. There was evidence on both sides. But from a legal standpoint, there was no overwhelming evidence either way. But you wouldn't know that from many of the Christians that I talked to. You wouldn't know that from social media. You wouldn't know that from the news. You wouldn't know it from all the outrage that came because of these hearings. I had Christian friends on Facebook who were outraged by the treatment of one side or another. One Christian pastor believed that Kavanaugh could do no wrong and condemn Blase Ford with open hostility. Other Christian friends saw Blase Ford as a victim and condemned any person who could not see that she was a, a victim of abuse and that her ver voice must be heard. They lambasted Kavanaugh as a sexual deviant who should be stopped. Who was right? You don't know. You don't know. But as Christians, we should be slow to anger and slow to condemn. I see Christians on both sides outraged, but I wish I saw us rather on our knees weeping. I see so many Christians though who get lured into the fray and it's easy to do. The, the clickbait is too good to pass up. You know what clickbait is, don't you? Clickbait is a, a headline in social media designed to pique your curiosity so that you will click on the headline 
and read more about the content. Usually the headline implies some type of scandal or exaggeration in order to provoke an action. Let me give you an example. And we fall for the trap and we click on it. Why? Because we have forgotten that we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We must heed the words of the Apostle Paul when he reminded us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We get outraged over all kinds of things of the world, but we too often get outraged over the wrong things. We're outraged at Blasey Ford or uh, at Kavanaugh. We should be outraged over other things. We conform to the pattern of the world that lives in outrage. But as Ed Stetzer says, outrage overwhelms truth. We too easily have been conformed by the world and it erodes our witness as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We are immature in our discipleship and it's time for us to grow up. Too often when we are confronted by the brokenness of the world though, we, we tend to respond either two ways. We fight or flight. We, we want to fight culture and we end up fighting the wrong things or we want to retreat into some Christian bubble and ignore the world and both are wrong. Why? Because we are what? Ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We have to engage the world around us, not be outraged. Much of the rest of the sermon is taken from many discussions with pastors in our community and also from uh, reinforced by Ed Stetzer's excellent book, Christians in an Age of Outrage. But we have been lured by all that glitters. And our worldview has been corrupted or it's never been fully formed. You know, and a worldview, a worldview is anything that influences the way you see and interact with the world. We have to have a worldview that is submitted to the gospel. A worldview that is submitted to the authority of God. Otherwise, this world will eat you alive. Otherwise, you will fall for the bait. A worldview shaped by the gospel of Jesus Christ sees the world as a mission field, a place where we live our faith, live out our faith in confidence and conviction. It influences how we engage people around us. We don't see Democrats or Republicans. We don't see gay or straight. We don't see red state or blue state. We see people in need of Jesus Christ. If our worldview looks just like everyone else's in the world, it should cause us to take a pause and ask if that's really a good thing. If we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ, if we are primarily disciple makers of Jesus Christ, then I would think that our lives would look different from the rest of the world. We would view the world differently. Who's shaping your worldview? What's shaping your worldview? Too many of us are allowing the idols of the world to shape our worldview. And because we are immature in our discipleship, 
we are easily swayed by all that glitters. Paul warns us of this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 24. He says this, that is not the way you learned Christ. He's getting on to him. For surely you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourselves with the new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We are created to be righteous and holy. Let me tell you something you may not know yet. The world is in the business of making disciples, but not of Jesus. The world is in the business of making disciples, but not of Jesus. What is influencing your worldview? The media is constantly trying to influence your worldview. Social media is designed for you to be lured into the taking the bait of being outraged over one issue or another. They are discipling you. They are making themselves the center of your life. Politicians are constantly trying to influence your worldview to disciple you. Too many Christians view their political leanings as Christian as the only right way and then they are outraged that someone might not agree with them politically. God is not a Republican and he is not a Democrat. They are trying to disciple you As Christians, they are trying to influence you to vote their way and give them your money. Public schools are constantly trying to influence your worldview, to disciple you. Our worldview is shaped more by the media, our politics, our sports teams, our children's club teams, than by Jesus Christ. I see it all the time in families in the church that allow the world to dictate their actions. They are more influenced by coaches and sports teams than following Jesus. When it comes to being a disciple of Jesus Christ or a disciple of the world, I see Christian families taking the bait of the world. But all that glitters isn't gold. We cannot shut ourselves off, though, into a Christian bubble, and we cannot shout down the world that's out there. But we can learn to love as Jesus loves. But how do we do that? Glad you asked. Here's the answer. Are you ready? So let me use some of the tactics of the world, though. Here we go. Four guaranteed ways to boost your Christian worldview. Number three will help you lose weight. Number four will change your life. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, Bible reading. Wow. Isn't that amazing? 45% of people who attend church regularly, who attend church regularly, Read the Bible. The Bible should be forming our identity and our worldview. Are you reading it? Are you studying it? Because reading is important, but studying is just as important. If you do not know what the Bible says, you cannot have a Christian worldview. You have a folk worldview what you think the Bible says and what the culture around you says and what America says and what everybody else says worldview. But if you do not know what this says, then you probably do not have a Christian worldview because too often when I read this, I get offended (laughs) 
because it rubs up against my worldview. If we are going to be an ambassador of Christ, then we have to read the Bible. We have to read his word. We have to know it. We have to study it. We have to be a disciple of Jesus. A disciple learns from the master. It forms our identity. It should be, let me say it this way, it should be forming our identity more than anything else. That's number one. Number two, prayer. This is the actual conversation part. Conversation with God, both talking and listening both meditating and reading either uh, the Psalms or other prayers or saying your own prayers, asking God to intercede, to move in your life. It's a conversation. I learned pretty quickly early on in my marriage that a conversation is important. It's important in all relationships. And it's important if our worldview is to be shaped by God, then we ought to allow him to speak into our lives. And we ought to be silent and listen to what he is telling us. Prayer. Third, fasting. It helps us as a people who have forgotten the importance of delayed gratification. Fasting helps remind us to long for God and reminds us that God is the core of our need. I hate to fast. Let me just throw that out there. I didn't say these are easy. I said they're important to shape our worldview. Now, some of you, because of physical things, cannot fast from food. But there are other things that you can fast from that will help shape your identity in Christ. Fasting reminds me, every time I fast, it reminds me that uh, when other temptations come, that I can do it. You know, it's okay to delay gratification. It's okay. I won't die if I skip a meal. Sometimes I think I will, but I really won't. Fasting, it helps shape our worldview because it places our dependence on Christ. Fourth, Sabbath, rest. We have become a culture of incessant busyness. We cannot rest because then we might realize we aren't in control. We cannot rest because then we might realize that we might be chasing after the wrong things. We cannot rest because then our anxiety and our stress might overwhelm us. Sabbath, I think, is so important. Resting, having your children rest is important. But what are they resting from? Are they resting in Christ or resting in other things? It's funny because we had a, a recent youth who just graduated uh, and had a conversation with uh, Charlie. This was a couple of weeks ago. And, and he had called Charlie to, to have lunch and have a conversation about faith. And he really hadn't been that committed in high school to his faith and his growth in Christ. But recently he was seeing a huge increase in his faith. And, uh, and he wanted to just thank Charlie for uh, his influence in his life and uh, Charlie asked him, what was the difference? What was it that sparked the change in your life? Because, you know, we want to know as, as pastors, as ministers, what is it that made the difference in your life? And uh, he said, you know, you used to always tell me that I should be reading the Bible and prayer and pray, but I really didn't. So I decided to read the Bible and pray, and that has changed my life. Wow, amazing how that happens. 
We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. But if we don't have a Christian worldview, we will be eaten up by the world. We are sent by God into the world for a purpose. As good Methodists, we should understand that idea of being sent. We really should. As a pastor in the Methodist church, I understand I am sent. Y'all know this, don't you? You good Methodists know this. I don't find my own job. I am under the authority of our bishop who sends me where he wants me to go. He can move me today somewhere else. And I would say, okay, I'll be somewhere else. That's who we are as Methodists. We are sent into the world. We place ourselves under the authority of Jesus Christ who sends us to be ambassadors for Christ. We are at the mercy of Jesus Christ. We are not at the mercy of the culture. We are at the mercy of Christ. We are ambassadors. As Christians, our lives are not our own. We submit them to Christ. As ambassadors, our lives should be consumed with the mission that we have been called to. That's your mission. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. However, I see us being conformed to everything else around and giving lip service to Christ. I see it so often. You know, we just can't come to church very much anymore because we're so busy and we want to make sure that we teach our kids commitment so we're going to skip church. Okay, I hope you just understood what you just told me. You obviously don't because you told me that. But we hear it more often than not. We're so busy, we haven't rested, we haven't thought through who we really are and who we're called to be. We're ambassadors for what? Christ. We're not ambassadors to a political party. We're not ambassadors to school or anything else. Paul reminds us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Say it together. You ready? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We're searching for all that glitters, but it isn't gold. It's killing our witness and it's killing our children. When we are immature in our discipleship, when we don't know what the Bible says, when we spend more time talking politics than talking to God, when we live the ragged edge of busyness, when we live our life for our children yet give them the values of the world, we are broken. We are being conformed to this world. But oh, how God longs for his people to take seriously the calling that he has placed on us. Whose disciple are you going to be? Let me read it one more time. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect.
In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.